Blog Talk Radio. Hi there, I'm Mary Irene Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, and this show is a celebration of baby boomers who are embracing life as we grow older. But we know if we want to continue to enjoy life, we have to be mindful of how we feed our bodies, and today's guest is an expert on helping us do just that. I am thrilled to welcome back a dear friend, and I'm going to say it, creative genius, Nava Atlas. Nava wouldn't confess to that, but I will. Uh, She is a multi-talented visual artist as well as a thoughtful reviewer of women's literature with her book and newsletter, The Literary Lady's Guide to the Writing Life. But Nav is probably best known as the author of numerous books on vegan and vegetarian cooking. I know you'll recognize many of your favorites among her extensive repertoire, vegan soups and hearty stews for all seasons, vegan express, vegan holiday kitchen, wild about greens, and plant power. But I am happy to say that Nav is joining us today to share all about her just-released latest culinary masterpiece. It's called Five Ingredient Vegan, and boy, this is another goodie. So welcome back, Nava. Thank you. This is our annual edition. It's getting to be, right? I think so, and and, and uh, many times we, we do more than one a year, so I'm very happy about that. Uh, well, but this, is this one is is not only, uh, you know, wonderfully stocked with fabulous recipes and all that, but of course, it's on the easy side. Uh, the title kind of gives that away, and right in the introduction, you write that you have gotten a little lazy yourself in the kitchen. So tell us about that and how you decided to write this book. Yeah, well, you know, I was going to say laziness sometimes goes with busyness, and I just feel like everybody is busier than ever. People have very little leisure time anymore. I remember, you know, years was when you would invite friends over and you'd stand around the kitchen counter and have wine and make dinner for hours and hours on end. I I just feel like those days are over for some reason. Everybody's frazzled, has too much to do, too many emails to answer. People who love to cook, maybe find a day, maybe a Sunday to do something fancier. But most people, you know, they get home and they just want to know what's for dinner. And I think that's an ongoing quandary that I've tried to address in this book. Now, I just wanted to say something very important here, which is that I start my talks by telling people that if they choose to go plant-based, whether it's full-time or more times than they used to do, they're doing something really wonderful for the planet. Animal agriculture is a major contributor to climate change. And I feel like with all these proposals going out, I don't know that anyone's really doing anything about it, especially not in this country. It's frustrating. People feel very powerless. So I feel like making a decision about what you're going to eat every day is really impactful. Well, I, I and I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, in addition to the recipes, as I'd mentioned, being easy, doable, and uh, do not require a lot of time or a lot of ingredients, the health aspect of these, uh, not only for our personal health, but for the health of the planet, is really important. And you do list several reasons. I think you call it Vegan 101 right at the front of the book about some of the, the, the real really important causes to at least eat plant-based. Uh, hopefully the majority, if not all of the time. Well, this is true. And, you know, it's it's probably too much detail to go into into 
you know, what time we have left, which always flies by. But I feel like also it's a very exciting time in the vegan movement. I've been doing this for a real, really long time, as you know. started out as vegetarian way back when in high school, and I've been a vegan for 17 years now. And I was not one of the first vegans by any means, but there were really a lot fewer of us even back then. And I feel like in the last two, three years, this movement has been accelerating in this very exciting way. And it's really gratifying. People are, I mean, when I was a vegetarian, that was enough to get you branded as a weirdo. And now vegan is very cool. And no no matter where you go, I was in Iceland last year. I thought, what am I going to eat? It turns out vegan is a very, very big thing there. Almost anywhere that I go, it's it's not like people are hiding it anymore. They're advertising it. Look at our vegan options. So I think that's really very exciting, a great step forward. Well, I agree. And, um, boy, uh, again, it, 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 not only personal health, but when you think about the greater ramifications of choosing something that grows out of the ground than uh, something that walks on it or swims in the ocean, how much better off uh, – Everything will be by that. But I do want to, in addition to mentioning, again, the health aspect, these recipes you've got, and you've got 175 of them. They're not only limited to five ingredients, but they are delicious. And you introduced uh, a number of shortcuts to flavoring, and one I'd like you to talk a little bit about because I didn't hear of it before. But uh, it's in the soup chapter, and I'm a big fan of soups, but Indian simmer sauce. Yes, I was going to say, I was hoping we would get to my shortcuts because, as, as you know, with with the recipe, five ingredients, there has to be usually some twist or shortcut in there. And what I've really loved is this growth of these natural sauces that are packed with flavor. And sometimes I just call them flavor bombs because you, you need those. Otherwise, it's going to be just some, you know, bland uh, dish that nobody's going to like. But Indian simmer sauce is my new favorite. And that's something that hasn't been on the market quite as long as, let's say, salsa, which has been, you know, on shelves forever. It it has the, I don't know, 15 or 20 spices that you'd normally have to roast and grind. And, they, you know, time was when I would want to do a curry. And for me, that meant, you know, using curry powder. And that doesn't cut it. It doesn't really have that really deep flavor that you want in a curry. So Indian simmer sauce, there's several varieties. Some do have dairy, so people are either vegan or lactose intolerant. They have to look out for that. Usually what substitutes for dairy uh, in these sauces would be coconut milk. Those are really delicious. So you just take, let's say, one one of the favorite dishes in the book so far judging by how many people are running it on their blog, is uh, chickpea masala. And basically it's chickpeas, tomatoes, spinach, the simmer sauce, and, you know, I'm forgetting one of the five ingredients already, but basically all those things just go into a saucepan, get heated up, and it is absolutely delicious. And if it takes 10 minutes, it means you're moving too slowly. (laughs) So in there (laughs) Well, I mean that again, and, and I do. While we're talking, this, uh, we're on the topic of ingredients. This one is uh, better known in the, especially the vegan and vegetarian movement. But you got to tell us what nooch is, and I may not may not even be pronouncing it correctly. N o o c h. Yeah, nutritional yeast. 
So it's a type of yeast. I'm not really sure how it's made or where it's from, but it is plant-based. And for vegans, it's an important source of vitamin B12. It's very absorbable. And I kind of trust it more than the supplements, you know, the vitamin type supplements. I do have my Mm -hmm. B12 tested every year and it, it always tests pretty well. And I do try to use, and it's not only a great source of the B vitamins and B12, it's also a really good source of very concentrated protein. So, which we all need a certain amount of, not too much, not too little. You know, there's that question that people, a lot of vegans roll their eyes over, where do you get your protein? (laughs) But, you know, I always think rather than roll my eyes, I'll tell people where I get my protein. They want to know. They're curious. They're not trying to um, make fun of me or attack me. They're genuinely interested. So I tell them, and then they know. Well, I mean, yeah, protein, that's, that is, uh, again, a debatable topic that seems to go on and on no matter how many years and the growth of vegan and vegetarianism. But, hey, well, one of the ways we get protein, and I am so excited about these recipes because uh, you've got them uh, under the appetizer section and the skillet roasted chickpeas. Tell us some of that because everybody loves, I think, you cannot love a good chickpea. Yeah, chickpeas seem to be the darling of the bean world. I don't know. I just feel like they're a little tastier. They have uh, softer skins. Everybody seems to like chickpeas. And, oh, you know, I opened the book exactly to the page, so I'm very lucky here. (laughs) So I do my chickpea snack in the skillet. I've seen a lot of recipes where you take a can of chickpeas and you drain it and then you heat the oven up to 425. And I think, wow, that's a really, unless you're roasting some vegetables, that's, a real waste of energy. And besides, I feel like it dries them out and makes them, uh, you know, not as palatable. This is really quicker. Don't have to wait for the oven to heat up. So I have five, five ways to make the skillet roasted chickpeas. And actually at a few of the events that I've been doing, I serve the barbecue flavor ones. Everybody just goes crazy over those. I just put them in a little shot glass and people are pretty amazed. And again, it's one of those things that takes minutes takes minutes to make. So the five flavors I have in here are sriracha lemon, um, sesame ginger, which has a little bit of a kind of Asian-y flavor, curry lime, smoky barbecue, that's my favorite, and also maple cinnamon. It's a little sweet, and it really works somehow. So uh, those are my five chickpea snack recipes in the world. Well, and you're right, not only is it easier to do in the skillet, because I've tried roasting it before I got your book in the oven, and they, I don't know, they dried out, they didn't taste really great, and this, uh, you know, with the extra flavorings and then the options you provide, you can have a different chickpea (laughs) snack every day if you want. It's a really lovely appetizer also to serve if you want, if you have last minute guests and you need a, a little something before the meal. Almost everybody keeps a can or two of chickpeas in their pantry, I think. And uh, you have most of the other pantry staples as well. The other ingredients. Well, that and is. speak. I'm sorry. And I stepped on your last sentence of your last no, words. No, that's okay. I did You're want good. to. I, and I did want to mention that we've talked about some of the appetizers, some of the soups, and some of the ingredients that add a lot of flavor. But you also have wonderful recipes for kind of the vegan and vegetarian basics, the grains, the beans, and other staples. So do you have any favorite that you'd like to highlight uh, in, in that direction for us today? Um, let's see. 
I, I was going to say that lately I've been starting to like tempeh better. Um, it has a kind of a fermented flavor that turns people, some people off, and some people absolutely love it. And I have been starting to love tempeh lately, and I've used a lot more of it. So I have a few, like one of them, for example, is roasted barbecue. There's barbecue again. Barbecue sauce is another one of my shortcuts. But that being said, I sometimes like to make my own really easy no-cook barbecue sauce. I don't even remember if it's in this book or not. It may be. You know, Eileen, I've I've written so many, I don't remember what is in what book. But um, so the roasted uh, barbecue tempeh and vegetables, a uh, uh, couple of packages of tempeh, two bell peppers, an onion, the barbecue sauce, and a zucchini. So you mix all that up, you bake it for 15 to 20 minutes until everything is browned, and that's a meal. And then for, with that, you can serve a grain um, and a very simple salad. So it's something that everybody would feel like doing after work. There's really nothing to it, and it really is so satisfying. So yeah, well, and I know my favorite. So that that would be yeah one that you you know you you wanted to mention for sure. But I would just want to add too that I think again you are in my mind a creative genius, and I I know in the mind of lots and lots of other people too. But I bet it was a real challenge to take delicious recipes down, you know, and limit them to five ingredients. It is. If I even if I could have six or seven, that would have really expanded the horizons. But then I would have had a book of two hundred and fifty recipes, and you know this was a really nice number, one hundred and seventy-five. Uh, it's a it's a really interesting creative challenge for sure. So the ingredients we did not count were salt, pepper, and oil because some people don't use the oil, so I consider that kind of optional. Sometimes if you have something, if let's say you sauté an onion in a little olive oil, or some people might just uh, sautéed in a little water. So uh, oil is also one of our non-counting ingredients. But other than that, yeah, limiting it to five was a creative challenge. But I, I you know, I hope it came out well. Well, I would have Some to say, yes, you did. You succeeded. <laughs> Thanks. One thing, another thing I want to mention, uh, and I think this is a real positive, is in in some cookbooks you'll see, you know, calories listed and other ingredient specifics of, you know, this and how much fat. You don't, and I assume it's because when you eat vegan, when you eat clean, you don't really have to worry about that so much. You know, quandary. A lot of my books do have their nutritional analyses. It tends to be, it becomes a really big editing nightmare, quite honestly. And also because I use some of the ready-made sauces and things, each brand is really different as far as how much sodium it has. Or, you know, let's say you have a, let's say a teriyaki sauce. So you may have a low sodium kind, or you may have a the Korean barbecue sauce. And then it's really harder to do those nutritional analyses and have them come out. I, I don't think there, I, I think, still think it would have been a nice feature, but it would have been a very complicating factor in this case. 
Well, and I also, I know, I mean, I've seen you. You are nice and slim, and, you know, I think that is one of the joys of uh, eating for the planet and eating for yourself is unless you're eating, you know, a ton of corn chips or things like that that we vegans can do. Uh, But really, you know, you don't have to, you don't have the same worries about what you're putting in your mouth as far as breaking everything down specifically because, and certainly in this book, the recipes are all healthy and, uh, you know, delicious. So I also wanted to mention, of course, you have your vegan holiday kitchen cookbook uh, and other ones, but the holidays are not that far off. And I would like to say this is a perfect gift. (laughs) It really is uh, for anybody who, especially, and I'm going to really focus it down to boomer women and women that are of a certain age, because the years that, like you say, of standing in the kitchen and, you know, making these complicated recipes and major dinner parties and all that, who wants to do that anymore? So something like this where you know you're providing your family or your friends, uh, it's certainly good enough to serve to company these recipes, but it's not going to take a ton of time. And I just, I, I would like to give a little plug to, to share the wealth and give this book to friends and family. Oh, thank you. Oh, speaking of boomer women, boomer women now have uh, grown children and grandchildren. And when I do events, there's always somebody who comes up, oh, you know, my son has become vegan or my daughter-in-law is vegan or my, you know, my grandchildren are vegan. What would be a good book to start with for them? And I realized after a while, I didn't really have a vegan 101 type of book. So this, this one is it. For someone who is of course, the busy and lazy, it's perfect for them, but it's also really good for someone who is just starting out and doesn't know what goes with what. By the way, one of the things that I tried to do in the book, too, with a more main dish type meals is say what to accompany with, what recipe would go well as a salad or as a side-by-side, because that's a question I get, well, you know, how to put it all together that's what I really wanted to accomplish with this book because people really are interested now and they don't want to look at a recipe with 30 ingredients at seven o'clock at night. You know, they really want something very simple and straightforward and tasty and know what goes with it. Well, and this book, uh, not only again, does it provide the options, the health, the, you know, the, the vibrancy of flavors, et cetera. But I know a lot of people are into these, you know, you, you get a box and a meal delivered and then you just cook it up and this way, you know, that you, for the amount that you spend on that and for the amount this book costs and what you can get and, you know, you can go down and buy your own chickpeas and a few other things. <laughs> I think it's just a wonderful win-win, uh, creative, uh, but also convenient. Yeah, well, you know, I, I understand why people like the meal kits, but the other problem with them is all the waste that's involved. It's a lot of packaging, yeah. a lot. So it becomes another landfill issue. And, you know, again, even if you just want, if you don't do meal planning, if you don't know, in you know, at 8 o'clock in the morning what you're going to make at night. I did a vegetarian version of this book years ago, as you know, called Vegetarian Five-Ingredient Gourmet. And people said they literally kept it in their car and sometimes after work or during the break, they decide what they want to get. They take it to, you know, to the store with them, they, and they can stand on the express line and just get the few things they need if they don't have them at home already. So that's also, I'm, you know, that is music to my ears. 
<laughs> yes, and it's music to my ears. What a great idea. I, I have that book as well, but I'm going to keep this one in my car. <laughs> I think that, that is just the most super idea. I love that, Neva. Well, you do, you, my friend, are filled with wonderful ideas, filled with wonderful recipes, and I've always told you I would like to live at least five minutes in your head and then get the heck out of there because there's a lot going yeah, on. Get the heck out of here. But, it's really exhausting. I can assure you of that. <laughs> But before we go, uh, in addition to your wonderful books, you have uh, your very you're all over the web. Where can people go to find out more about you, your wonderful work? Grab a copy of the Five Ingredient Vegan, as well as your other books. Well, thank you. Um, my vegan website is called theveganatlas.com, and you mentioned before my involvement with women's literature. That's literaryladiesguide.com. And as far as the book, it is wherever books are sold. And if it's not there, you can always order it. Of course, it's available on all kinds of online resources as well. Well, Nava, I just have to say, do you have any final words before we have to close? I just want to encourage everybody to try going more plant-based. Again, it's something that is such a gift to, to the world, to your health, to the animals. It's easy. It's gratifying and you know just spread the word it's spreading the word and spreading the love well you have definitely spread the word spread the love and spread the good food around and i have to thank you for once again being your sparkly creative self and joining us on feisty side of 50 radio thank you for having me eileen And for all you listeners out there, I believe it's time we boomers take pride in all of our accomplishments, our glorious maturity, and keep ourselves vibrantly healthy by eating a plant-based diet at least as much as possible, just like our friend Nava and Mother Nature want us to do. So go out there and show the world just how feisty and fit a woman over 50 can be. This is Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, saying I'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.